Ethan Quantier. Derek Smith Jr. Rabina Apia, Nathaniel Butler. To talk about their secrets to success. Watching Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Welcome to another episode of Linked Up on LinkedIn. And I am always, I know my response oftentimes is super excited. But I'm glad because... One thing that I'm, we're going to talk about today is procrastination. And as people who are entrepreneurs, people who are self-employed, it is something that we face more than someone who is on a job. So we're going to talk about how I'm just getting back into the podcast energy uh, with Linked Up via LinkedIn. This is uh, kind of the second or third episode, getting back into it. And I'm super excited to have the guests on today, Odaz, who is going to talk to us about marketing and her ventures and what she is into. And... It was kind of an outlook as we uh, go into kind of a new era of marketing. What has been happening with marketing? How's it changed in COVID? So let's jump right into the conversation. Odaz, welcome to the show, Linked Up on LinkedIn. How are you today? I'm great. And it's so good to be here. Um, It's so funny that COVID has changed, I mean, everything about the way that we do business. And so this is actually pretty cool, podcasting, streaming here. I'm loving it. I'm used yeah. to the radio. So, you know, it's a very different setup. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so yeah, let's jump right into the conversation then, Odaz. Let's talk about marketing and has marketing changed in COVID? And if so, how? Yes, absolutely. So pre-COVID, a lot of marketing was spread across a lot of different channels. You had, you know, your newspaper, you had your radio, you had, of course, social media that started to become you know, a lot more popular, but it was a lot spread across a lot more channels. So what happened as a result of COVID, you know, with the lockdowns, people's habits change. So a lot of what marketing is now is very much online, meaning your online presence right now represents your credibility. That's your, you know, your website, your logo, your colors, everything. Content is bigger than ever before, as well as just having a presence online where someone can go ahead and know who you are, what you do, who you serve, just without having to go to your brick and mortar space. So marketing has done a complete 180 from being very full spectrum and you had a chance whether or not you wanted to participate online, but now it's absolutely mandatory. And if you're not represented on that space, you will lose if some sort of lockdown happens or some sort of restrictions. And we're seeing it all over the world. So it's just not um, here in the region that we are as well. So it has been a complete shift. Yeah, yeah. And and the people that are taking advantage of this new era, how are they communicating? What is the way for a brand that's saying, boy, we've really dropped the ball in communicating with our client in the quote unquote new normal? How do they now uh, um, adapt to this new normal? And what kind of medium should they be using to do so? Yeah, so that's a very good question because what is happening now is we're going from um, consumers just basically taking the information that you were giving them and making do with it or doing the best that they could. So now you see consumers being a lot more demanding and what they require. For example, these posts always go viral where people say, well, you know, list your price online. We don't want to have to inbox you for your price, just as an example. So there's been a shift from consumer just basically being at the mercy at whatever these companies are wanting to do to now they are more so in the driver's seat they're comparing, they're looking at your company versus another company. So the first step to do 
if you need to adapt as a company is to look at what your customers actually want. So no longer are we in the time where you go ahead and you give them a suggestion and they take it because that's the best that they're going to get. The playing field is very even. So whereas you may have been, for example, I don't know, um, a company that offered services in this region, you're now competing internationally. So you have to be at the same standard, if not better, to now compete for the consumer dollar because a lot of it now is just not working more and they're not coming in and placing an order. It's the click of a mouse, they're going through online, they're paying with their credit card, PayPal, whatever. So you're seeing a lot more competition where a lot more where businesses did not have it before, especially in online services. So if you're anything, you know, graphic design, you're any sort of coaching or consulting, you know, you have to step up your game. It's past time now because you're not going to be able to compete on a global scale. And that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I, I really like uh, companies that are communicating their message in video in this new normal. How important yeah. is it for a company that yeah. was doing minimal effort via video and now needs to convert to more video? And how do we do that in a very cost effective manner? So video is amazing because when video first started on social media, it crept up very slowly and then it exploded um, during the time of COVID. So video does not have to be expensive. In fact, I just read a report. Um, I don't remember the company that published it right at the moment, but it was a report based on the performance of live video on social media. And live video converts up to 70% better than any other medium, right? So to do something live is simply what we're doing now. You just need a camera. Um, lighting is optional, you know, you may not or may not have that. And you just press click and go. So the biggest barrier is a lot of times to businesses using video is just the mindset, right? Um, persons may possibly be shy on camera or they may not want to be in front of, you know, a screen. They don't know what to say. So a lot of training needs to happen before a lot of times it becomes cost effective, but it's literally the cheapest way and the most economical way you can get a message out to consumer. Because for example, let's just say you're, I don't know, in some professional services, we'll use something very blue collar, right? Just as an example to show you how simple it is. So let's just say somebody offers um, deep cleaning services, right? I just saw an ad this morning. Converting that to video is just as simple as turning the camera on and saying, you know, this is what we're working on today. This is the before. We're going to come back and show you the after. That's it. If you want to work with us, go ahead and send us a message. We can be there within 24 hours. That's it. And then in the professional environment, that may not be as exciting with like a show and tell aspect. You can still do it because you can show yourself doing your work, right? Which means you're turning the camera on and you're like, hey, we're about to work on a brand design. You know, this is the item here we're going to use. We'll show you the end effect. If you need something branded, you know, give us a call. Here's things that we've done before. So it's just basically showing your work. It's very low pressure. It's very conversational. So you don't need to have some fantastic set of skills. You just have to have the courage to come on camera and just start to talk. And if you don't want your face seen, you can point the camera away from And it saves you a ton of money. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're back. We, we're, we're back. Yeah, certainly. So, 
let's switch gears a bit because you know as you and i have been uh in touch for at least uh i would say probably the last five to seven years and i guess we've kind of both kind of casually followed each other's professional journey i've seen you kind of get into a number of businesses take on a number of projects tell me about rockstar digital yeah why you why you decided to pursue that what services does this company offer yeah so rockstar digital is a marketing company but our very end goal is always sales so i will tell you when i actually was traditionally employed for a number of years there was always this gulf of communication between the sales team and the marketing team the marketing team sometimes to make these very beautiful ads fantastic ads and the salespeople always felt left out like what is this going to do for us this is not sending leads our way so traditionally there's always like a disconnect in almost every company you look at so for me it was trying to mesh those two things together but presented in a way that people will understand because for example if you have payroll coming up in 15 days traditional marketing is really not going to help you right you need more strategy so rockstar digital is sales strategy that incorporates a marketing element, but it's really for clients that want to be the go-to in their industry. They're tired of like fighting and sending out proposals and kind of just being in that little medium tier. They may be in price wars with other companies as well. But if you want to be, you know, an expert in your field, a luxury influencer, someone that's really a thought leader in that space where people can say, oh, I know who so-and-so is. They're the best. Go ahead and give them a call. That is really what we do with marketing and positioning. So it's definitely a strategy-based company. I feel like it's a company whose time has come. I've done a number of contracts with different companies, worked with them, helped them to get their product or their services up to a certain point. Um, and so I just decided to pursue it formally. Um, and yeah, it's been great so far. The, the impact has been amazing. Unfortunately, we can only take on so many projects at one time, but it's really now to get no business left behind. There's a mission behind what we do to make sure every business in this region has an online presence where they can actually make sales. Because unpopular, uh, contrary to popular opinion, I feel as if entrepreneurs change the world, not really politics, <laughs> but mm-hmm. for a great degree, we are the ones who support you know, the country's GDP and how the economics really flow is based on what entrepreneurs do. So it's a business, but it's also a mission to make sure that everyone can get online in the way that makes it easy for them. So our packages are, you know, get catered towards startups and also professionals who must have a presence. And it's no longer an option now. If you're not online, you are not in business. It's just what yep. it is now. Yep. Yep. And so let's let's let if, if someone is seeing this and they're considering, they they know that listen, I want to make more money in my business. What are some of the tangible things that you will deliver for my company in the time that we work together? Yeah, so before someone decides that, you know, they just want to make more money, they have to decide what their mission and their vision is for the company long term, right? So what we do is we do a strategy based on short term goals, which may just be cash flow and long term vision, because what tends to happen in a lot of cases when you work with a marketing company, they will deliver a beautiful campaign, but it's not strategy based. So for someone that, you know, definitely wants to make more money in their business, you kind of need to know where you need to be. Even if you don't know how to get there, we will fill in that piece for you, but you do need to know where you want to be. In 10 years, we want to be known as this. In five years, I want my brand to be this. And then we put the tangible steps in that will get you to the end goal. So 
you know, it's not you trying to figure it out and wasting years and years in the process. So that's basically how it works. It's all, it's all about the strategy and the deliverables are based on what stage you're at. Sometimes we do turn down customers and that's only because everybody is not always ready to promote. Sometimes marketing can actually hurt your company if you don't have some of the back end sorted out and you can actually get a bad name in the market. So a lot of times in that case is you're like, you know, you're not quite ready, but check us in six months. We recommend you do this and still give a free strategy. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so when you think about marketing for a small company, we talked about someone who might be doing car detailing versus a corporate company. What are some of the, the, the notable differences between how these companies should be communicating on social? Yeah, so I love that question because I've been really studying this. So a lot of corporate entities have been faceless, nameless corporations for years, right? What is happening in that shift now for big companies is to humanize their brands. So you get to meet the team and each team member has their own individual personal brand. And for the life of me, I don't understand how companies sometimes miss the mark on this, right? Um, but each employee you have is a brand within itself. And if you invest in them, that can yield so much benefits for the business from a financial aspect. Because in terms of brand messaging, it shows that people, there's an 84% chance that people will believe uh, individual employee or a person about a brand message over a big corporate, a big corporate um, push or ad, right? So with corporations right now, the big push is to humanize your brand get your employees, you know, to be brand ambassadors for the business itself. That's where that's headed. Um, the difference with a small business is a lot of that you don't have because sometimes it's just a solopreneur. So they're ready to face of their business. But for them, a lot of times it's more structured into making sure that their pipelines um, stay full in terms of income versus delivery. So the common theme for small business is sometimes you're either feasting or you're, you're in a famine, right? So you have tons of clients, you're trying to do service delivery, um, pipelines are full, you're making money, and then you forget to market. And then when all those projects are done, it's like, okay, well, I don't have any customers. And then you start the cycle on again. And it can be extremely stressful. So marketing and positioning for the smaller companies is about continuity. And sometimes mm -hmm. that requires consulting of a different sort because you have you have to be able to scale a little better than you're doing. So they both have the same end goal of, you know, making sure that the brand is something that, you know, they're proud of and it's yielding the results. But the methodology is a little different. I love working with both kinds of clients. It's often very interesting to see what happens um, as campaigns play out. But yeah, both very different methodologies. And if I'd have to pick one um, that small companies should follow is to adapt that corporate model as early as possible. So even mm. if you're a small business, you have two employees, you should still adapt them being brand ambassadors as quickly as you can, because you get more um, mileage out of your ad spend, more mileage out of your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. When I think about, uh, again, you know, back to where you and I first connected, you were you're working with yeah. uh, a newspaper project at the time, and then I'd seen you on the radio, and now yeah. you have a digital company. Let's talk about, yeah. for a company that has minimal spend, how mm -hmm. do I balance uh, uh, old school marketing, newspaper, radio versus digital? Yeah, so it depends on who you're demographic is that you're trying to reach. 
that's the first thing that you look at. So for example, if you're trying to reach, let's just say millennials, they are going to be more than likely on a, in a specific place or platform. If you're trying to reach, you know, um, boomers, they're going to be somewhere else. So it depends on who you're, now there are some caveats. So for example, you still may want to do traditional um, modes of just a little bit of advertising as well, only because it helps with credibility for the brand. So some of that is still required. You don't want to just be all in on social media and nothing in any other presence. So what I recommend minimal ad spend, you know, trying to reach a few different demographics is to what I call content staff, right? So for example, let's just say you do an interview on the radio. We then use that interview to create content, you know, for social media. You take a photo of that and you redistribute it. You create sub clips from, you know, what that interview would have been to distribute on social media. And then you do a write-up about that, you know, potentially in the paper. So it all goes hand in hand. You can take, you know, one radio interview that's not expensive at all in order to get particular placement and leverage that into an entire month of content, believe it or not. Because just as far as you hopping out of the car and going into and your thoughts before you get to the interview, you know, so there's just so many elements that a lot of people miss and they don't realize that, you know, a lot of advertising and marketing now is just showing what you do, showing the journey. That's it. So people can come along with you, not necessarily always having something to sell, 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 because that's how they like, know, and trust you. You know, they know what you're up to and then they decide, Hey, I got this project. I'm going to do it. So some of it is short term for the quick and easy sell. Here's what we're promoting. And a lot of the strategy is long-term. So that's what I recommend. Just show your work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that that uh, mindset really connects with, I think both you and I kind of follow uh, the philosophy of Gary Vee, who is, whose whole yeah. mindset or thought process is around document and not create. And that's usually Correct. the hurdle when people think about, okay, I want to get into video, but I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to record. I don't know what to do. And so the whole thought process behind document, yeah, yeah. The whole thought process behind document don't create is just yeah. show what you do during your day. And that is enough content to be able to, to let people know, to build authority, to show people what you do and to generate customers as well. Yeah. yeah that's why I love live video because in a lot of cases you can come on and you can say, I don't have a topic today. I don't know what to talk about. And people will start asking you, you can say, ask me anything, right? And they'll start asking you questions. So you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to show up and be present. That's it. So, you know, it doesn't require like all of this, you know, careful strategy, a whole storyboard, none of that, you know? Right. <laughs> just show right. Up. Yeah. You know, so as we talk about Gary Vee, there's another philosophy that I think a lot of people are dropping the ball on. And it's based on his book called Job, 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 Right Hook. Right. And, and as I, you know, I've, I've been trying to be a lot more responsive with my LinkedIn messages. And over the last 48 hours, I've probably gotten five people that I've newly befriended and they immediately go into the cell. Right. And this is a common mistake made in the marketplace where whether it's through traditional marketing or, or, or through contacting people on social media, people are going immediately for the sale. No interaction happens that way. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about about how we need to nurture the client before we try to sell the client something. Yeah, so a lot of how social media is approached is it skips over the norms of just everyday interaction and decency, right? So if you're standing up somewhere and someone comes and they just want to sell you something, 
in a lot of cases, you're like, hey, 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 don't come too close. You know, how can I help you? Right? They don't know. So you just apply rules to social interactions. So giving value and giving content first, um, I think is, you know, the way to go about it. But a lot of times people wait until they're just so desperate to make a sale and they will go ahead and use that strategy. So social media, I see as a very, you know, the lead generation is not aggressive. You can make an ask and an offer, but you have to also give value. So the best way to do that is to come on, you know, answer a couple of questions for free, give some insights, some insider knowledge. And then in the end of it, ask someone if they want to go ahead and work with you, but not to defriend people and not to friend people. And then just, you know, flood their inbox with offers, offers. You don't know who they are. You don't know if that's what they need, if it's beneficial. If you want to do outbound in that particular way, I actually recommend the old fashioned cold calling method, right? Of outbound, because it's a lot less offensive, right? It's a lot less in your face and you can do a lot of numbers. So when people do outbound versus inbound, do the traditional cold calling. If you can't stomach that, then please don't come on social and just destroy, you know, a little credibility you could build up. But give value first. Give away some tips. You know, come on, give some sort of value before you just go ahead and ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's talk social then. Since we've since we've gotten into that kind of discussion, what social media are you most excited about now? And let's kind of dig into them uh, one by one. So which one are you most excited about now? I'm very excited about TikTok. Okay. Very excited. Um, I have a client now and we did a video and I'll just show you very quickly. You probably can't see it on screen. You know what? Let me not show it. That's fine. Um, but this did 126,000 views on this particular video. And the lead generation from that was crazy. I mean, I'm talking website getting pings, you know, increase, increase constantly. And right now, TikTok is, you know, they do have ads, but for the most part, the algorithm will support it being free. So it's something that all genres are on. I mean, you're talking lawyers, accountants, you're talking, um, you know, fitness professionals, you're talking, you know, stay at home mom, like everyone is on there. And it started as a very Gen Z platform. But now it's gone completely mainstream. When I was in Georgia last month, you saw billboards that said, as seen on TikTok, okay? It does not get more mainstream than that. It's free right now. Your views can rank and climb, I mean, just so easily. So I'm very excited about that platform. Secondarily, I think LinkedIn now is getting like another wind, a fresh, you know, reboot of what it was instead of just being like a resume portal. So I'm very excited about that. That's very organic as well. It's a lot harder, you know, to drum up engagement visibly. But I found that you'd have people private message you like crazy, even if they don't interact with your post. So if you're a professional in a certain environment and you need lead gen from B2B, other professionals, definitely LinkedIn is where to be. But right now I'm crazy about TikTok. I think it's amazing. And it's I'm seeing such good results from several different genres you would never think would do well on there so yeah so were you suggesting i start dancing on tiktok uh, uh That's the thing, right? so <laughs> you do not have to dance to be popular on tiktok in terms of getting a result you don't even have to show your face you can do you know there's so much more different content you can do audio um you can do you know uploading slideshows of photos so you don't have to dance if you're a good dancer and you want to then you could go ahead and do that. There was this ad, I remember, it wasn't on TikTok, but it should have been. 
um, I don't know if you remember, it went viral on Facebook, something like um, barbecue and foot massage. And it was this guy with um, dancing with a couple mascots. And it was just on a, like, it was a joke, right? But it went viral. But you don't have to dance on TikTok. <laughs> That's a misconception. If you like to dance, you're good at it, go ahead. But no, yeah. you don't have to do that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I too am similarly as excited about TikTok uh, yeah. we, we, you know, as we're trying to be all over as a brand, because we want brand awareness, uh, TikTok is one that yeah. we, we've dropped the ball on and, and corporate yeah. companies to a large degree still don't know how to get into it. Right. Uh, Correct. we put a, we put a video out there, uh, probably about a month ago now. And the video, we, I don't know, viral is such a subjective term, right? Uh, but, but, but 45,000 views, it's the most viewed video um, we've ever put out and it Very is amazing good. because oftentimes corporate companies are saying oh well people are interested in seeing this specific genre on tiktok when everybody is there or yeah. or every demographic of people are there yeah. right yeah and so and so for any corporate company that's thinking about it we see that cbs has jumped on tiktok we see that major yeah. corporate brands are getting oh, heavily yeah. into tiktok and so yeah. Uh, if you're a corporate brand, you should really be uh, oh, yeah. giving TikTok a serious look. Absolutely. Because it's very freely, Jen. It just costs the amount of time it is to take the video. And you have employees that, especially when you want to engage them, they'd love to do the videos, right? And they just show it to you before they post it. But make it, you know, give it to, you know, a millennial or a Gen Z employee. I'm sure they love it. And it helps them to become a brand ambassador for the company and get them excited about your mission again, Right. So you just meet people where they are. So yeah, no, TikTok is amazing. Yeah, as I, as I think about it as well, I think the reason why TikTok might be skewing a little bit higher in terms of virality is because what it does is it gives a little bit more authenticity than, than other platforms are, are leading you to, right? Uh, LinkedIn does not, while, while there's opportunity, and we've seen some people be super authentic and super casual on LinkedIn, it just does not have that feel, that 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 energy about it tiktok is a different is a different story and so tiktok now allows people to show the softer side of their company every company every organization got the comedian got the serious person right got 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 these personalities in it that they could now display on in a, in a very candid and authentic format to really build brand equity for for the company are you in agreement yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of what happens, see social media for the most part, the number one rule is don't be boring. Even if you're on there to sell, even if you're on there to do, people are there to be entertained. A lot of times people get bored and they grab their phone because they're bored and their finger mindlessly is scrolling to whatever the icon is, right? They are not there to learn. They are not there to purchase something. They're not there to do any of that. They are bored, right? So if you can entertain them, then a lot of times you can sell them something and they won't mind, right? So that's what TikTok is. It's pure entertainment. You have constant content just streaming every second, every second. So I agree with you 100%. And that's what a lot of brands don't realize. It's, you know, it's a very corporate, you know, kind of a stuffy approach to doing business. And it's like, you're selling to people, you know, and people don't really care in a lot of cases about you being professional. They care about you being authentic and you giving a service delivery based on what it is that you promise to sell. And that can be done in several mediums. So you can have your professional, you know, very, you know, pearls and suspenders kind of effect over on LinkedIn. And you can still have employees in the parking lot dancing over on TikTok. You don't have to choose, right? Because you may reach, you know, the, the mother 
on LinkedIn, but her 14 year old kid could say, oh, mom, you, did you see this here? We should go and patronize them because they are enjoying what they're seeing on TikTok. So every set of eyes, every piece of attention is a potential sale. So it's very good to have, you know, balance there and to not be tone deaf in front of the audience that you're trying to reach. Certainly. So I agree hundred percent. Let's talk about bandwidth, because when we talk about, oh, we got another platform to get on, the question then becomes, now, how do I do LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook? How do I manage yeah. all of this? <laughs> so it goes back again to where your clients are, and it goes back to what performs the best. So some, brand, some platforms are better for long-term credibility and other ones you're going to get actual leads from there. So let's just say you own a, um, a high-end clothing store, right? And a lot of your clients that you may be trying to reach, if they are professionals um, of a certain category, they may be on Facebook, right? So you're going to put the bulk of your presence on Facebook. You can dabble with the other platforms, but I normally recommend becoming an expert at one and then adding another one, becoming an expert at that one, adding another one. But I would say if your resources are stretched thin and you are a solopreneur, you know, try to just manage one and become very good at that and let that be where your demographic is. Facebook is still king in terms of all demographics and ages. Facebook still performs the best. ROI, it's still Facebook. So if you had to choose one, I say choose Facebook and all of the other ones can come in as you grow your team. Because once your pipeline you know, gets full and you're able to make consistent sales, you may be able to hire a digital um, marketing manager or someone to kind of maintain your socials, right? But you know, don't get overwhelmed immediately, just master one and then move on to the others you know, as your business grows. Right, right. Yeah. Let's, let, let's dive deep, deeper into a comment you made earlier about, about one piece of content being used for multiple purposes. So yes. if we were to hypothetically use our conversation today, yes. how could we now change this that's specifically generated for podcast content into multiple yes. pieces of content? Let's walk through that. Yeah, so right, let's do it. So we are right now doing this for a podcast, right? That's one piece of content. So second piece of content is I'm going to actually take a video or take a photo and post it to Facebook of me and my setup to do this interview. Because you can't see it on, on your screen, but I have a ring light here. I have like plants in case it was like a wide green. I actually have two, right? So this is photo, photo, photo worthy, right? The laptop that I'm actually using is sitting on a box, okay? This, this is the most ad hoc, but it's effective, <laughs> right? So I'm gonna take a photo of this and I'm gonna post it and I'm going to put a caption on Facebook talking about, you know, you got to make it work and something else that sounds potentially inspirational. So that's one piece of content. Then I will take maybe a short video clip and put it on LinkedIn because video does very well on LinkedIn because there's not a lot of video. And it'll be me basically um, with the same content, maybe showing that same photo, but having a different caption from a different angle, as well as maybe a photo of me, right, preparing for it or maybe something that's slightly different. So that's now a second piece of content. Um, for LinkedIn, more than likely, I would also talk about preparing for the interview mentally, you know, in terms of, you know, not knowing what questions would come and how you have to show up, you know, afraid and do it anyway, something like that, right? Because the, the audience that it's for cares a lot about professional image and the how strong, you know, branding is by showing up to do interviews like this. 
um, let's for Instagram, that's definitely going to be a selfie. Um, and it's going to show, you know, I'm being interviewed from the waist up. So even though I'm professional, I'm not super professional at the bottom. I do have on jeans, right? Um, and that was because I knew it was going to be from the waist up today. So I made sure to put my concentration on there. So that's the third piece of content. Then for TikTok, um, the first time I set up my video, the light actually fell. So that blooper is probably going to can go on TikTok. So then that's another piece. And then I'll talk about, you know, you should check it out. Here's the link. If you want to work with me, go ahead and that. If you want to work with Matt, go ahead and link, right? So do yeah. all of that. Um, then another medium or a platform, let's just say um, I want to do a radio interview. So I would take this video and I would send it to a host and I would say, hey, check out this interview I did. I'd love to do one similar with you. Um, let me know if you have space, blah, 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 blah. So then that's five pieces of content that could be created from just one thing, just from different angles and vantage points. And then another piece of content could be an article that I would write for Medium talking about the importance of brand building using a podcast, right? Mm. Um, because I offer that Rockstar Digital is offering now, helping people start their podcast. So yeah, there's so many different ways you could use that one situation or one thing that we are using now um, to make that, to replicate across different platforms. And the reason why I did that here versus not at home, et cetera, because I have dogs, right? And they would their nose would have been in the camera right now. So all of that is a part of the experience, not just what you see delivered. And that's what people want. They want the authenticity of that and the delivery of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so one piece of content that, that you, yeah. you you weren't the organizer of, but you were a guest on that now yeah. could be generated into eight to 10 pieces of content. And that was conservative, right? Yes, conservative. There can be so many more. In yeah. fact, this could be used again in another six months, right? This could be used again, you know, for other things. So yeah, it's just, it, it becomes like an infinite loop once you just look at the perspective of, you know, not always trying to, again, be professional, but just to get people to know who you are and know why it is you do what you do. It's just passion-based. So you showing them why you're passionate about it. Because um, I could have easily said no when you, when you asked, right? Because I could have said, well, well, I don't know, you know, my hair is not done and this and this and this, but no, you have to explain because you're a human going through an experience that other people can gain inspiration from. So you give them the yeah. whole picture. You don't always try to make it seem like it's perfect. I have two little stickers on the door where I am now that one says, do not, what does it say? Do not enter. And then one says, quiet, please. Right. So I'll show those as well. You just got to do what you got to do. Right. And of make course. It yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so let, let's digress for a second. I had a question on marketing, but let's digress for a second. We're a dog family as well. And fortunately our, uh, our dog, dog here is quiet at the moment. What, what kind of dogs do you guys have? Um, I have a Dalmatian and he would be the one Aww. trying to get into the screen. And then the one making the noise would be a dachshund. So a little How, Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is the Dalmatian? I'm in love with Dalmatians, man. Yeah, the Dalmatian is two years old. Um, well, he's going to be two coming up very soon. So like a little over a year and a half. And then the dachshund is, she's 14. And she's actually my godchild, I guess. <laughs> so I'm taking care of her for a friend of mine, um, probably until closer to like the fall. So yeah, they... They both would interfere in very different ways. One with noise, one with just a nose, you know, constantly coming up. Right, right. I know anytime you take the Dalmatian out, it's, uh, it's like taking out a baby. Everybody wants to see it, touch oh it, feel it. 
Yes, it's such a spectacle. He's right? like a celebrity. He's like a dog celebrity. Yes. And sometimes I'm just trying to get through the run, right? And you got to keep stopping. And I'm like, no, please don't touch him. You know, it's all kinds of things happening. So yeah, it's, it's hilarious. What what kind of dog do you have? So we have a uh, we have a pit bull. Um, yeah, and he, okay. um <laughs> he's, uh, he we we got a we got a bit of a joke because we um we bought him as a as a pit bull and we saw these pictures of his parents. Yeah. big dogs and we were expecting this big dog but he we call him the last of the mini pit bulls i wish he was around here somewhere because he never grew he's a full-grown man now and he he got he gotta be a pocket pity absolutely um let's let's talk about let's talk about cars and last time we were together i think you were in a forerunner yes Yes, yes, you have a good memory. Yes, good for yes, you. Yes. Yeah. So, so you were in a forerunner. Now you switched over to a hundred percent electric. Tell me about yeah. the switch. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, I resisted it for so long, right? Um, I'm a traditional car person. I love you know American muscle. I love you know traditional cars, right? And I was in the industry for years, years, years ago. So when I started hearing about electric cars, you know, all of the Teslas and all of those started to come up, you know, I was like everyone else in the industry, a little bit, you know, reserved, thinking that it was going to be a fad, realizing that it's not a fad, um, but still not really giving it full attention, not taking it seriously. So the transition came for me when I actually did a test drive. I was reached out to by a company locally here, Easy Car Sales. They called me and they were like, just do a test drive. Just shh. None of that other stuff, because I think I probably said something mean on the radio about an electric car. <laughs> so they were like, just come and do a test drive, just just drive it. So I was like, okay, fair enough. I'm open-minded. I drove the car, mad. That was Game such changer. a humbling experience. Sorry? That was such a humbling experience. And at the time I had a Mini Cooper, right? Um, which was fun to drive. And I figured that was peak performance, you know, I'm loving this, et cetera. That car was so amazing. That drive was so amazing. I took another look at it. Then I bought one, right? Because I could not resist. And so now I'm a brand ambassador for the company and I'm a very passionate, um, you know, just a convert. I'm actually using their conference room now. So that's why I'm like quiet, you know, but, you know, I cannot go back. It's, I went from doing $110 a week on gas because I'm always on the road to an extra $60 a month on the light bill. And I actually posted my BPL bill like last year for everyone to see so that they could see that, you know, it was legit and there is no engine. So the maintenance is super cheap. Wow. I mean, there's just, there's just not that can go, go wrong because there's like a thousand fewer parts. Um, the car, you know, rides cooler. The performance is out of this world. If you're very into performance and handling and you enjoy driving like BMW and Audi, EVs will blow your mind. And so the brand that I have is the BYD, which is Warren Buffett's company, um, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, it's actually, people think it's, you know, it's a Chinese brand, but it's actually owned by Americans, right? The Chinese only own, I think, the government that is, only own, I think, like 0.5% or something minuscule. But it's just, it's been absolutely amazing. I will never go back. And I, it hurts me to say that in a way, because, you know, I love my traditional cars. But as a daily driver, absolutely an EV. You know, it's just, 
there's just no comparison. And I've not been to a gas station in almost two years, which, you know, is very liberating because it gives you a lot of freedom and then you don't have to worry about the lines and the rising of the prices. So in terms of economics, A1 handling and quality, I mean, they took the spend that they would have done on an engine and they put it into the features of the car. So like I have my WhatsApp on my dashboard, I have a PDF reader, I have my Outlook, I have Facebook, I have everything on there, right? Um, and so it's a very functional car where if I need to do a meeting, you know, I can just sit there, I can screenshot and send my report to my technician if I need to. So it's just been so much freedom. It's completely changed my life. Um, I'm so passionate about the company and I just, I will never go back. Um, never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. <laughs> that, that is exciting. That is exciting. So yeah. two, two questions that I generally have because I'm interested in electric vehicles as well. The initial yeah. hookup, the initial hookup, is that is that a, a bulky expense? Tell me what kind of numbers we're talking about for the for the hookup at your house. Yeah, not at all. I wish I knew we were gonna have this conversation. I would have actually brought you a charger extension to look at, but the charger is free. Um, that is thrown in with most of, most of your purchases. The actual installation of the charging port itself is a couple hundred dollars. It's very cost effective. It can be put, you know, right on the outside of um, whatever wall is closest to where you park. You know, it's very attractive. It's very sleek. It's not, you know, something that's cumbersome. It's weatherproof. You can charge your car in the rain. You're not going to get electrocuted. It's fine. Um, so the actual setup itself is economical. Um, the cars are competitively priced depending on the size you want. It's all the way from about $26,000. And these are all brand new. All the way up to in the 80s, just depending on the features that you want in the performance. And you get a, they get eight years on a warranty. So... You know, nobody else is doing that hands down. And it's just, I mean, overall a seamless process. So a lot of the initial purchases and even now are the financial controllers of companies calling to purchase the cards because they don't care about the performance. You just send them the spec sheet, the consumption and the cost to run. That's why you see so many of them like, you know, DHL and Cable Bahamas. So it's, it's a, you can indulge in purchasing a new car that's very practical and cost-effective, so it's guilt-free. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just don't have to worry about the burden of what a new car is going to cost you. you. A lot of that aspect is just completely eliminated. So, for example, the one at the upper end of the spectrum, the tank, the one that's in the 80,000 kind of bracket, um, a lot of persons who would have bought, you know, Mercedes and BMW are switching over to those because to get that same performance at zero to 60 in three seconds, you would have to get a model that costs as an equivalent about 120000 to $150,000. Right. So they see it actually as a bargain. So yeah, they've been, we're actually sold out on that model. We have a new shipment coming soon. Um, but yeah, they're, they've been selling like crazy and people have just been making the switch and they're so happy, you know, just wow. that bondage is just gone <laughs> exciting 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 yeah. okay and, and one... what's that what's that say let me know when you want to do a test drive no problem i, I definitely I'll, I'll definitely look into doing that with you um let, let's talk about how long a full charge lasts then yeah sure so a full charge well it depends okay so first of all it depends on the range you get in your car most of the cars they start at about 180 miles on a full charge which means the island in this 21 by seven, you know, you can drive for several days on that one charge if you want. 
most persons recharge and plug in every night, the same way how you charge your phone every night, they just plug in. So you get your 180 miles fresh every single morning. So there's no worry about ever running out of um, charge and the range lasts for several days. There's also a number of free charging ports around the island as well. So for example, Rubus on Gladstone Road has a free one, Fusion has a free one, Harbor Bay has a free one, and most of the free ones around the island we've actually installed. So that is for your convenience as well. So you can get quite a bit of range. If you go at the top end of some of the models, you're looking at 300 plus in terms of miles. So you have some owners that will charge once every two weeks. Sometimes a lady told me once every three weeks because she just goes to the food store and back home and work. And she says she doesn't even think about it. So it just depends on what you want your consumption to be. Right. So you know, it's, you're never going to be left without a charge. You're not going to have to say, I know my car, you know, on 3%. I had to purposely run out of charge one day just to see what will happen. Mm -hmm. Just to see what will happen. I had to do it on purpose. And I couldn't even make it to zero. It just, it kind of stalled out at about, I think, 8%. Um, but I just wanted to see what would happen, right? And then, but it's it's so hard to do. I had to do that on purpose. It was very difficult and I didn't achieve zero. So yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Last question to wrap up the conversation. Sure. Uh, I, I, here's, my, here's my disclaimer before the question. I have no political leanings at all. Um, but I'm curious from a marketing perspective and when I drive around and when I see things, my marketing mind is always on and I'm thinking oh, yeah. about, I'm thinking about if you were a marketer, so from a marketing perspective, how would you have communicated your campaign differently? Yeah, I love this question because for me, it was the same thing with the, you know, observing what was happening. So we are we just entered a new way that the world is now. Post-COVID, it's, it's a shift. I don't care if you want to deny it. I don't care what's happening. It's a new world, which means you have to be very different in your allocation of funds, right? And very different in your budget. So for me, what I would have done is definitely still do a lot of the brand presence, but the distribution would have been different. It would have been grocery bags with the label on the reusable bags of grocery with the aid for the families that needed it. It would have been a back to school, you know, kits for the kids. It would have been the same utilization of funds, but in very practical ways that the citizenry can already could benefit from, because the whole point is to show people when you're marketing that you understand where they're coming from and you want them to like, know, and trust you. So I too, um, I don't have any, you know, strong political um, alignment on any side, but just from the marketing aspect, I do believe that a lot could have been done to provide a very tangible way to encourage the voting, the voters to see, look, we actually are different. Going forward, we are going to approach things differently in terms of what we give to you. And we're not going to take funds and just, you know, put them on a million signs because right now it's just not practical. You cannot eat that. Um, it's, I don't know if it's the best use of the money and here's ways that we can make this work for you. And some people may say, well, they would have done that already. Right. But you have members of your public that are hurting every day. And we are the sixth most expensive country in the world. And COVID has impacted, you know, so many different things. There's a lot of persons even bearing family members, et cetera. So I would have done a very transparent campaign that was focused a lot on aid. And then for the business community was focused a lot on assistance to them as well. Still keeping the brands very visible, still keeping, you know, top of mind and really leveraging social media 
to be a platform for video, showing your work, the methodology behind it, what we've learned going forward, what is the vision going to be, what if things go wrong, but a very comprehensive um, campaign that kind of covered all bases and demographics so that you know people can know, listen, you are safe with us. We know the way forward. The world has changed. This is how we're responding and this is how it's going to be moving forward. And I think I've just not seen that um, from either the parties in a strong way. They've done bits and pieces, but I don't think I've seen it as a cohesive approach. And to me, that was you know definitely an opportunity lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I think about it, I, I, my thoughts are similar that they, they could have, they could have rediverted uh, that spend in, in wherever they, wherever they spend money, because obviously we're seeing an abundance of one type of spend uh, now. Correct. But, but that could have gone so much further in other means oh, yeah. of communication. Heavy digital yeah. communicating oh, authentic yeah. messages would have, would have, would have gone crazy. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Yeah. So, hey, Odaz, I, I sincerely and always yeah. enjoy uh, having discussions around marketing. Uh, I took some notes here. And so uh, let me know how much I'm due in terms of a consult consultation fee for you. <laughs> All three. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Correct. <laughs> Shout out right. to me. Um, so, no, it's, it's, it's all fine. I love having these types of conversations. I believe that, you know, it's to benefit the water community and, you know, these are the ways how things happen and things change. So I always love giving value as much as I can. I even have sometimes competitors, Matt, that call me for assistance and I help, you know, it's fine because at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that everyone is able to participate and get a piece of the pie. And believe it or not, you know, to normalize marketing and the strategy of what we're doing is going to take a lot of people still sometimes think that it's not necessary and they're suffering for it their businesses are closing for it so anything that i could do to help aid that purpose i'm there you know yeah. so yeah. i thank I, you for this i really enjoyed this conversation it's good to connect with a like mind you know yeah for sure for sure if someone wanted to get with get in touch with you or rockstar digital how did it get find you yeah so the easiest way is to just give me a call and i give my number all out on the radio so i don't mind um 80993 81 or support at rockstardigitalagency.com or rockstardigitalagency.com. So very easy. We're on Facebook. We are on TikTok. No dancing yet. Um, most of our leads right now are from Facebook. So we're there. We're on LinkedIn. Um, or you could just message me directly. Odaz Lightborn Benaby. That is easy as well. And before we go, I'd just like to say congrats on what you're doing as well in the real estate space. I've been seeing, you know, everywhere and i'm so very proud of you and i i love the branding that's happening so likewise you know quite the inspiration quite the inspiration i remember the early versions of this as well because i think we would have wow from the newspaper time we would <laughs> now that i think about it so the evolution has been amazing and kudos to you and your team you're doing an amazing job yeah, I, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate that. And, and you know, I think I commented before that it, it means so much more when someone knows where you came from. And uh, and, and me and Odaz have been rolling together for a while. And as I've yeah. continued to grow my own personal brand and now, now my own corporate brand that I'm the CEO of. Yeah. And so super excited about things to come. And really applying yeah. a lot of what she said here in terms of communicating our corporate message, in terms of job, job, jobbing, and the job means deliver value, deliver value, 
and then hopefully uh, return and uh, uh, business will come from that. And so I implore all companies to do exactly that and embrace social media as well. So Odaz, thanks again for jumping on the show. Uh, thanks for Thank linking you. up with me on this show. And uh, yeah. I appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it's been quite a pleasure anytime. Linked up on LinkedIn. Yeah.